But um, how's this? Is my voice sounding? I mean, is it look? I mean, it looks okay. Okay. Right. I don't have headphones on to really tell. Right. Me. Yeah, I used to have a desktop computer. I'm not sure I've seen one of those since like oh three or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Man, it's a horse. It is. It's a horse. Bigger than my car. Yes. again everyone and welcome to matchless cast this is steve along with you uh just setting up what's going to be going on uh in this podcast today it is the second part of a conversation that we started in our last episode about legalism and uh how the grace of god completely lays the smack down on, <laughs> on legalism uh this is also the last time you'll hear a person talking normally because um as those of you who followed podcasts that i've been a part of in the past know uh, sometimes there's an echo issue. And so just imagine that you're sitting in a vast sanctuary with Jason and I as we continue our discussion about legalism and the grace of God. Uh, before we jump into it, you know how to get in touch with us, hopefully. Uh, we're on Twitter at MatchlessCast. We're on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MatchlessCast. We are at MatchlessCast.com. And would love to hear from you through all of those ways. Leave comments after the post on the website. Head over to Facebook and let's really get some discussion going over there about what God's doing for you and, uh, and how the grace of God has impacted your life. Well, without further ado, though, let's jump right back into the conversation uh, Jason and myself were having all about legalism and uh, the SmackDown ability it, is, it has. Does that make sense? You know what? Let's just listen to us talk. the person I watched someone the other day uh, one of these television shows and there was this tree growing it was just growing beautifully naturally and he started twisting the branches to make them grow like he wanted them to grow right and made these designs out of these trees yeah and this was art and to me it was it was horrible you missed up that what are you, a tree-hugging hippie, Jason? Yes, I am, in some ways. <laughs> I do have a compost bin and a rain barrel. So, But uh, but, um, but you understand what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. It, it, others were glorified, you know, were looking at it and saying, that's amazing that he, and I was thinking, that tree was designed to grow perfectly. Right, right. You know, and we have been planted in living water. By living water, we, we have been rooted. We have been right. grounded. That's what Paul says, man. Were you saved by the spirit or by the flesh? 
Don't yep. live in the power of the flesh. Live in the power of the spirit. Don't, don't live by the rules of this. Live by the freedom that's in Christ. Now, I'm not going to qualify that too much, but I will say this. We understand that there are certain definitive right and wrong behaviors sure. that we have to talk about in church. But 99 out of the time, times out of 100, we're not talking about that in our churches. Mm -hmm. We're talking about church stuff and, and afraid to talk about the real stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't confront men who, uh, uh, who are not faithful to their wives. And we don't, we don't talk about the, the glory and the beauty of, of an honest man who doesn't cheat somebody who's working for him. And, and we don't speak about the, the beauty and the glory of being a, a, a pure person in your thoughts and your deeds. We don't talk about those things. We talk about, you know, well, so-and-so didn't come to church on Wednesday night. And I, you know, and, 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 and we talk right. about sister so-and-so. She sat on the third row, and she usually sits on, you know. And it's, it really becomes just this kind of, you know, swirling thing of, of are we ever going to talk about stuff that matters? And, and I fear that, that there's a world out there, a lot of folks out there who are hungering and thirsting after some truth. They don't even know what they're looking for. And they walk into some of our churches and, and some of our religious circles and they're like, how is any of this applicable to my life? Mm -hmm. How does any of what I just saw, I would say it this way, if you can't understand, if on Thursday... Whatever you did on Sunday morning would feel weird on Thursday afternoon. You might not ought to do it. Right. Because it's not natural. It's right, not right. spiritual. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't think anything of talking just like I'm talking to you. Right. In normal conversation. Yep. I do it on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Mondays. You know? And if we want to put in Christian music at our house... We pop it in on Thursday just as much as we yeah. would Sunday. If we pray, we speak just like we do on Thursdays as we do on Sunday. Yep. And what I'm saying about that, Steve, is that, that church should not be so different. And I know it has to be organized. I know it has to be orderly. But it shouldn't be so different that it's like completely not connected to the rest of our lives. Well, and that's, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about this with some friends just last night, that, <clears throat> that in a lot of ways believers sometimes get this this spiritual schizophrenia because we whether we mean to or not we separate our lives into two different compartments we've got our life and then we've got our church life you know and yeah. and we don't we don't necessarily mean to we're not saying that I'm not a christian the rest of the time I'm around but but we so we so end up defining the things of god as being in this little place over here that any time that trickles into the rest of our life it's it's almost earth shattering for us it's almost it's it's jarring because we've taken the things of god and and made them almost too sacred in some ways you know we've taken we we've we separated too, separated too programmed yeah yeah, yeah. it's and, like this it's like let's say that that you knew someone who I don't, I don't even know how to say this, but which would be the better situation if you had a church of 100 people and 65 of them during the week were helping someone, uh, giving someone five bucks for lunch, some, guy, some homeless person or someone in need or, or, or going to a neighbor's house and, 
and uh, driving someone who couldn't to get their medicine or doing what we would consider to be basic human good deeds, but doing it not in an organized way, but doing it out of a love and an affection for other people that has been gifted to them by the Holy Spirit and God, that that God has placed in their heart a true love for their fellow man, a love that they didn't really have before they got saved. And now they just look around and they're looking for opportunities to minister. Which would be cooler, to have a church of 65, 70, 100 people that were doing that or a church where 20 people would come on Tuesday night and give an hour to the soup kitchen, but then the rest of the week never think about it. Do you understand what I mean? Right, and what right. I'm, I know that's a weird illustration, but what I'm saying is sometimes we almost get it in our mind that the only time we can do Jesus stuff is if we've got a group of people organized yeah. by a preacher, organized by the church, yeah, yeah, yeah. and moving out. When, when, when let's do the soup kitchen, but let's also do the pick up the neighbor and take them to get their medicine, and let's do a thousand other things, right. and let's let none of that be odd. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Let all of that be like, like not church stuff, but let's our let, life let's stuff. Let's let none of that be odd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's so frustrating that we think that the, I always say this, we, should, we shouldn't come to church, we should bring the church. Right. That, that, that when we come on Sunday morning, that ought to be the celebration of what's going on that, that whole week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a preparation for the next week as opposed to, well, let me go get my fill up, you know. Right, right. And, and that's where I say there's this, this disconnect. And I think that the, it's almost a byproduct of, of, of legalism that people do that because, because it is legalism that causes us to put to put certain churchy things on a platform yeah. that suddenly make them odd or special, you know, or more special than they should be. And therefore, everything that's connected to that stuff is different from the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know? I think what we're talking about is what is the centrality of our life? What is, what is the, the middle? What is the, you know, um, what sits in the, in the place of authority? Is it, is it Christ to him crucified and risen from the dead? Or is it uh, this particular denomination or theological system? I mean, have you ever met a Christian who was so, and I love theology. I read it. I study right. it. I write about it. I write, I read what others write about it. Um, I think it's valuable. I don't think it's to be, I don't go with the kind of modern movement that says theology doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is I don't hang my hat. I don't go to bed at night going, well, I'm a, you know, this, 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 this. Right, right. I hang my spiritual hat on. Jesus Christ died for me. Right. He rose and he's coming again. And I'm trusting him and my yeah. hope is in him. Yeah. And, and so whether I can define myself, uh, whether I can understand the full reality of the sovereignty of God and the free will of man and the times and the epics and the ages, those things are wonderful to look into. But I've met people who are bitter in that. Right. Because if you don't line up A, B, C, D, E, if you don't get all the way almost like to Z with them, no fellowship, no love, no. You know, I can fellowship with almost anybody that'll say, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose again. I believe that that he is the, the reality of our lives. Um, I can I can roll with almost yep. anybody. Yep. And and kind of uh 
it, you know, are, uh, kindly disagree if yeah. they say, well, we think this kind of person or that kind of thing or this. And I can say, well, you know, as far as my understanding of the scriptures are, um, I guess it's this. There, there, there is a difference between truth as revealed by the Holy Spirit through his scriptures. There's a difference between enduring eternal truth and the temporary legalistic practices that a particular group or organization has adopted. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. And, and while it is important that we never encourage disorder in the congregation and respect for those who are in authority, we need to understand the difference between that which organizes us and allows us to move forward and that which coerces us and pushes us backwards. Right. I'm all for order. I love order. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love organization. I live on a budget. I'm that kind of dude. <laughs> and so I want things to run on time, and I want things to be orderly. But, man, I do not ever – I don't want my three children. I, I was thinking about this the, way the other day. Let's say – I mean, I'm a Baptist, and uh, I've got my three kids, and, if, and they're 11 and 7 and 2. If you come to me in 25 years when all my young ones will be grown and – you know, doing whatever they're doing, married or in college or whatever. And you were to tell me, you were to give me a document right now and say, Jason, here's what I can promise you. All three of your children will love Jesus and know that he loves them and that they will live their lives out of that knowledge. Will you sign this document that no matter what else is true about their lives, <laughs> I can guarantee you those three things. I'd sign that document. Yeah. They may live in a way that is different from my own particular uh, view of how things ought to be done mm -hmm. all the time. But, man, if you can give me some God-loving, God-aware, Christian, grown youngins out of this, that's my goal. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense, Steve? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like there are people that are going to say to us, but what about this? And, right. there, and, and there's always the grace, comma, but, you know, and then right. you go off. Guys, well, all we're saying is, man, there is a dearth of people who, who know that God loves them. Right. In the person of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit through his divinely sent word. There is a, there is a, a limited number of people who are grasping that core truth. Yeah. And whatever you've got besides that, if you don't have that, Steve, what do you have, man? Right, right. You've got dust. Yep. You're not holding a rock. You know, you're holding sand, slipping through your fingers. You're not, you know, and if you have the rock and the rock has you, you can, you can kind of deal with that other stuff. Yeah. Because you're not going to be in a church that doesn't have any legalism. Right. I don't care. Right. It can be the most gracious place in the world. It's <clears> going <throat> to have developed itself. And you're not going to live in a world that doesn't have it. And you're not going to be in a situation where sometimes you're confused about should I do this or shouldn't I do that? You, yeah. you, we're just not going to escape that reality. So the core knowledge that we have to have as believers is God has accepted me. I have accepted him. The, 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 the former is so awesome that it's to be, you right. know, marveled at every day. Right. And the second is to be praised every day. Like, thank you, God, for giving me the wisdom or the whatever to just trust you. And to know that he loves us and that he cares about us. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. He has... He has all that stuff towards us and all the other junk that would tell us that that's not true. Anything that qualifies the love of God should be di dis dismissed out of hand. Right. 
Okay. That's just how I I'm view it, Steve. Yeah, Are you with me on yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Any, anything that says, well, God, doesn't, God loves you less because you just dismiss it out of hand. Okay. Now, if somebody says, God has this warning for you, and because he loves you, you need to think about this. I will chew on that. Right. You know, for a long time. Right. There's a different heart in that message. Yeah. If I tell my children, if I tell my youth, if I tell the people that I'm in connection with, you know, God's really shown me that I need to be pure in area A, B, C, or D. Mm -hmm. That's not legalism, man. That's the love of God showing me that that particular thing is either good or not good right, for me. Right. There's a tremendous difference in that in me going up to you and saying, you know, Steve, I've been really concerned. And you go, what? And you think I'm going to say something really spiritual. And I say, well, you know, that parking space you took is usually reserved for sister this and this and you. You know, I mean, and all this kind of weird church. Right. I mean, I had, a, I had a kid. We begged to come to a church one time. I remember this. We begged him. He finally came. And he had one of those big pickup trucks that, you know, yeah. country boys yeah. drive. And it took up more than one space. And someone left a note on the window you were kidding me. Yeah. Please learn how to park or something like you that. You were kidding me. I mean, it was that blunt. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. The world is, is out there just clawing after these people. And we get them in here, you know? Right. I mean, anybody that any time wants to come to church and sit in my pew, quote, unquote, my pew, and use my Bible and, mm -hmm. and, and, and do whatever, if I can... If I can share the love of God with that person, come on now. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the key. And, and, and um, I'm going to let you talk. Can we pause for just one minute? Pausing. So we, we, we talk about the idea of legalism and, and the harm that brings to people. Because what happens is, is a lot of people get beat down by, by the mentality. They get in, and they feel trapped and they feel oppressed and they feel depressed and you know you, you talk about the kid that that parked wrong you know yeah. i mean that can cause someone to just be like forget this yeah i don't want I, you less know, than yeah i had a kid at um and this is probably one of the greatest compliments i've i've ever received as a youth pastor who who was basically thinking he wasn't thinking me but he he was thanking one of my adult leaders for always being so accepting of him because he had earrings in his ears or whatever and his mom and he had gone to a church where he'd been dismissed out of hand as having living been living an alternative lifestyle because he had earrings in his ears you know and um and he you know and he's like and i just never want to be a part of that system again you know and and so for this kid to be shown the love of christ no matter, and he and, and was a kid. He was from a rough background, you know. He was he was one of these kids that that God had to save him because Lord knows nothing else could, you know. And and but to see him recognize that man, there are people who love Jesus, who love me, you know. It was a great moment because I, I guess it's I guess it's this, Steve. If we're going to be culturally relevant in a real way, but stay with the truth of the scriptures, because you can be culturally relevant right. and throw the scriptures away. Um, but if we're going to stay true to the scripture and be culturally, I don't even say relevant, but if we're going to relate to people in this culture, 
we're going to have to release ourselves from the idea that every Christian looks like dot, dot, dot. Right. Because that's dangerous. Yep. That's what led to so many of the social ills in this nation for more than 200 years. Yeah. And the, and the burden that our nation is now bearing because of those social ills are, are a result either directly or indirectly because Christian men and women, Christian people, or at least affiliated with church people, fail to recognize the humanity of other, of someone who is other than me. Right. To see the need that Jesus, the, of that person's heart for Jesus because they were, and you fill in the blank, the region of the country, the denomination, the color of the skin, the background, mm-hmm. the educational level. I mean, there are places where you would feel uncomfortable if you hadn't achieved a certain educational level. And there are certain places you would feel uncomfortable with a southern dialect. And there yeah. are places you'd feel uncomfortable with a northern dialect. And, and, and the color of your skin. Right. I mean, it, there's no, there is some truth to this whole idea that Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. Yeah. And, and so the reality of that is, and I'm not one of these guys that's, you know, I, I'm all for people associating uh, with the congregation and the heartbeat that, 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 that God leads them to. And I think there's some, some merit in the fact that, that like-minded people get together, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is inside of that, you can suffocate someone who is, who is an out-of-the-box thinker, who is a dreamer, right. who is a hoper, right. who is a leader but doesn't know how to lead. Right. You could take all those gifts, all those skills, all that passion that that person has, and you can go, if you don't fit into this, you are not whatever. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's like I'm a, you know, I'm a strange mixture of, of, of this kind of really rural Southern guy who also reads poetry and reads right. theological books, and I write articles on the Internet, and I have friends all over the world, right. and, and I'm very conservative, but I'm also kind of free-minded about some things. It was very difficult for me to find someone else like me in the church. Yeah. And, and, and to even be, to be, to feel like your uniqueness makes you wrong. And I think it's just the opposite, man. I think the unique spiritual reality of who you've become in Jesus is the most right thing on this planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're yeah. alive in Christ. Yeah. And your gift and your talent, which have been supernaturally gifted to you and then supernaturally charged by the life of Christ, there's somebody that needs that. Yeah. You are the, you know, you're the Jesus they need, so to speak. And doesn't Paul address that when he talks about body of Christ and he talks about, you know, why would a why would a hand try to be a foot? Yeah. Why would it, you know, why would it? But we won't, it's, um. It's cookie cutter carbon copy of Christianity. Yeah. It's holy huddle. It's let's right. all get together. Now, the, 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 the strange thing, and I realize that some of the backlash against what we say is that obviously when you open yourself up to, to, to freedom, there will always be those people who view that and think, oh, well, he's telling me that I just need to go out and sin a bunch. That's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about the person who loves Jesus and is looking for a way to express that in their local congregation. But, but 
but can't because they don't know how. Right, right. And they don't right. even know they should. Yeah. yeah. Don't even know that's what they're looking. But see, because, see, we talk about personal relationship, Jesus, and personal relationship with God. The reality is that personal relationship is designed by him to become a corporal relationship. To be, is that the right word? Or corporate. corporate. Corporal's the punishment. Right. Yeah. Well, no, or, or, an, or an officer in the army. Yes. So it's neither one of those kind of relationships. <laughs> the corporate. Is corporate, yes. yes. Um, uh, we're meant to be, in, you know, in a local body of believers, big or small, right. fancier, simple, there's someone in that area that needs the gifting that you mm-hmm. have. And we need to be at liberty to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I would no doubt, I would say no doubt, that no matter how much you learn about grace, none of us escapes our own legalistic either heritage or baggage or viewpoint. Right, yeah. And we're all a little bit of a legalist. Yeah. We, we can't help it. We're all like Peter was. Right. You know, Peter's like, yay, some Gentiles got saved. He goes right back and says, I ain't eat with them. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. When and the it's Jews like, come around, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. We all have a tendency to do that. Yeah. I think even Paul did. I think you can read in there sometimes when Paul says, I know God says this, but here, here, you know, in a couple of instances, you almost get a tinge of Paul saying, boy, I wish everybody just do it, you know, my yeah, way, the, the way in I this am. particular sense. I wish sense. you could all just be as I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, you know, and, and, and it would be simpler. I yeah. mean, if every other person on the planet was a 36-year-old, you know, uh, guy with three kids and a wife, who lived in a rural community and went to a Baptist church, I would understand them. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I guess it's just enjoy some freedom and get some freedom. Right. And let's grow in Christ in that. Now, in, in you enjoy freedom, and then you said give freedom. Um, there is the tendency, and we mentioned it, to get legalistic in your grace, to get legalistic in your freedom. To yes. say that everyone has to be this way, everyone has to think this way, and and there's a danger in being that person who who feels like you. It's your responsibility to push everybody to be as free as you are. Absolutely. Um, what what is the best way? Do you think what what is the the smartest way, the safest way, the 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 gentlest way? I guess to to show people freedom who may be because there are a lot of people who are, who are caught up in in in, in lifestyles and in religions of legalism and a lot of times they don't even realize it you know yeah there, there yeah. are a lot of people who are content with the way things are oh yeah you know and and yeah. they they don't and they're getting a, and, and I'm not and I'm not saying they're deceived I'm saying they're Man, they're blessed as they can be by by, yeah. by some stuff, you know. I don't think you mess with people. I, I know that sounds like a strange way to put it, but I don't. I don't think you upset someone's apple cart who's happy with the apples on their cart. I right. mean, who who goes to that? I, I say that, but that's kind of. I, I think first of all, you live a life of honest grace. Yeah. Someone speaks to you and you answer them in love and truth. You speak to them from what God is showing you through the scriptures and you answer their questions forthrightly and honestly. And so if they say, what do you think about this practice, this behavior, this thing? You don't dance around it. You say it directly and you say it from, but you say it from, right. a, from that spirit that Christ would answer. You know, uh, if religious people attacked him, Jesus gave them no, he gave them very little time other than to just kind of destroy all their 
little idols. Right. But if a sinner came to talk to him, he spoke to him in the most gentle and loving and right. caring and kind way. So know who's asking you the question and know the, uh, but I think, Steve, I think we just begin to experience the love of Christ for ourselves mm -hmm. and our family. And then we analyze if there is a healthy enough base group in this particular area that I can worship with and minister with. Um, and, and we kind of start wherever God opens that little right, door right. To, to start there. Um, do you, do you think it boils down to let your mission be to love people and not change, you know, Oh, not, not, not feel like you've got to change the status quo of everything. You know I mean? Cause there are, a lot of, there are a lot of people. I mean, I've, I've seen it and I've seen them hurt. They, they hurt people just as much as those who would try to contain or, or to coerce. Oh, I see legalism. what you're saying is that someone who is, maybe, maybe we might say a more traditional conservative type person would hear a message from someone who, who was still conservative in their theology, right. but who, who, uh, my conservative, let me define that real quick. Someone who believed the truth of the scriptures right. and believed in this, but who had been, uh, kind of, decided that some of the traditional ways of worship weren't working. Right, right, And right. so that person's message, instead of coming alongside and saying, for, for me, I like to worship God this mm -hmm. way, it's all you people who are worshiping the old way, get out of here. Right. You're wrong. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm not that cat at all. Yeah. I mean, I can sit through some old rugged cross and some leaning on the everlasting See, arms. Yeah. And, and some, I can sit through some four-part gospel harmony. I can sit through some old school, I'm talking about dirt road preaching. And it don't, I mean, and I can get some. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I've done it. Yeah. And so what am I talking about? I mean, right. I, you know, that's who I am. Um, at the same time, I can listen to the most contemporary, up-to-date, happening 2012 right. already, kind of forward-thinking thing, and get something out of that. I think it's the spirit in which you do it. Yeah. Why crush what someone is honestly getting a blessing out yeah. of? I think it, though, I think, though, Steve, we do have an obligation, if God has revealed grace to us, to, to never back away from that conviction because some of the time... There are some people in those situations who aren't nearly as, as on top of their spiritual game as you think. Right. And maybe we're getting too far afield with the worship style and that kind of stuff. Let's, let's draw it back to people who are truly burdened down with sure, the feeling sure, that God's sure. mad at them. Okay, yeah. Let's get back there because we may be answering a problem nobody has. Right. If we're really talking about somebody who's sitting there going, well, I've heard... It said this, 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 this. And if I don't do this, 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 God's. Dude, you just need to know that for three hours in, Jer in, in Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, the sun went down. Mm -hmm. As the sun, the S-U-N went down right. as the S-O-N went up. Right. And the father and the son dealt. They dealt with his right. disappointment with you. Yeah. They dealt with your yeah. sin. Yeah. And what you have received is not the just penalty for your behaviors. It is the free grace of Almighty God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so while we've talked a whole lot about some stuff, we do need to get down and remind people that when we're talking about Jesus, we're, ta we're talking about this. We're talking about if you're hurting, dude, 
man, God's got grace and love and mercy for you. And, and, and I really don't care what anybody's told right, you. Right, right. <laughs> if you have accepted that, you know. Um, one last little thing, though, Steve. We do have some believers who, having come to Christ, and I'll use common vernacular, have the phrase that would be used, have wandered away. May even, they may have even heard the term backslid right. or turned away. And they're worried to death, almost literally, that God doesn't love them or won't accept them. The good news is that his grace is not a temporary thing based on our temporary actions. It is an eternal thing. Right. And all it takes to be enjoying that grace is, in an, is, is right now believing it yeah. and enjoying yeah. it. I mean, and I know we've said that. But most people say, no, 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 it can't be that easy. Yeah. I'll tell you some insidious legalism, Steve, you, if we want to go real. Sure. Um, and you'll have to, you have to be careful with this. because I've, try, I know, I've tried to be real. But let's get really real. Uh-oh. The culture of begging God to do something he's already done. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, to be right with God is a finished and completed work. Right. And it's not something that I have to run to a priest or an altar or a pew or a church or a classroom or a Bible study every day, week, month, or year and accomplish. It is finished. And this kind of cycle of Spiritual, 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 sin, 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 sin. Beg God, beg God, beg God, beg God. Spiritual, 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 sin, 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 sin. Beg God, beg God, beg God. Um, and I, I don't want to be too pointed, but I, I would say it this way. The cycle of getting right with God and rededicating ourselves to him over and over and over, that cycle has to be broken. Yeah. There has to be a final resolution, a, a stake in the ground that says, God either saved me. Or he didn't. His word is either true or it's not. Right. And I believe it. And so it is. <clears throat> or yeah. whether I believe it or not, it is. But right. I, be, I believe it because it is. Right. And, and Steve, I think if you can start off there where you don't wake up every morning and go to bed every night feeling like you've got to do something for God to smile on you that day. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where legalism really is the danger. I don't really have a problem if some church says, well, we ought to sing that way and nobody's being affected by it. Right. Okay, well, we'll all sing that way. Right. Big deal. Or, you know what I mean? Who cares? Yeah. All right, I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. But if that's affecting, if there's something that's affecting our capacity to enjoy a free and open and real relationship with Jesus, that's, ooh, yeah. you know, that's some real stuff. So, it causes me and you to even pause and go, you know. Well, it... It, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because there are so many believers who are out who who are out there who are are just broken and they're beaten down and they're bitter and they're burdened with a life where they're trying to they think they're trying to please God, but what they're trying to do is please everybody else around them. And, and their Christian walks become such 
a, a burden, burdensome thing. That it's the opposite of what it should right, be. Right, right, and it and it and it's heartbreaking because what 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 I desire to see for my kids, you know, for my friends that we travel in the same circles, is that is that they don't feel guilty when they get home from work or school, and and they haven't handed someone a witness in track, you know, that they don't feel guilty because they wake up in the morning, they realize, well, yesterday they didn't read their Bible, you know, or that they fell asleep praying last night and, and wow, they feel really bad because they fell asleep. I'm like, what better way to fall asleep? I think it's this, Steve. I think it's, we've created a culture where we feel guilty if we don't do the things that are supposed to be the most, that that are just supposed to be awesome for us. Right. It would it would be like, you know, spanking your child because they didn't play with their toys enough. I mean, it's it's really strange. Right. It's like, when do I pray? Well, I pray without ceasing in the sense that I'm always in conscious connection with right. God. But I may pray very intently for a day and not pray that intently for another week or two. Right. Or I may pray every night for a week. What? It, the prayers for me, it doesn't change God. It doesn't right. change my relationship. I may read a whole book of the Bible on Monday and not read anything on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Or I may be a very disciplined person and I may say, I'm going to do a quiet time at 4.30 every morning, whatever. Uh, these people, who are these yeah, cats? Yeah. You know? and, and, and you know what? Either way is a gift from God. Yeah. Either way is, is God. Now, Obviously, we would never teach anyone to, to neglect the study of the word or neglect prayer. But even phrasing it like that is like saying, "Now, don't neglect your Nintendo." And don't neglect. Right. I mean, to me, any believer who know if you get somebody to know that God loves them, those things stop being burdens. Right. Right. Sharing the gospel does not have to be taught in class. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, you may you may go to a class to kind of better up your delivery and, and figure out some ways to help people that you wouldn't think about and think, I'm not downing those, but what I'm saying is, I've just seen too much of it, Steve. And yep. here's my thing. If all that stuff worked that was done in the past, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need what we're doing now. Right. The church wouldn't be shrinking. We wouldn't be, the world wouldn't be turning. The, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, if the legalistic, uh, personality-driven, religiously-based, autocratic stuff worked, we wouldn't be in the crisis we are now. Yep. The crisis of faith inside the church and the crisis of sin outside the church yep. and inside the church. Yeah. Because what you would have is a group of people who were discerning and wise and gentle and kind and loving and merciful. Oh, God, to be surrounded by those kind of people yeah. every day? Yeah. I don't care what we do in worship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what our structure is. Give me any structure, but you surround me with loving and wise and kind and gentle and honest and real and passionate people? Yeah. Okay. We'll call ourselves whatever, but, right. you know. We have, a, we have a ministry here at the church. Uh, that goes out every Tuesday morning to people who are shut in, awesome, homebound, and they and they take them lunch basically, awesome. and and you know do a little sharing with them. And the way that that is handled is, is is different. Sunday school departments will take care of it in rotation, 
so that once or twice a quarter, um, your department is kind of in charge of that. Well, it falls to our youth department, you know, once or twice a quarter, of course. And, and it's always just, forget. I mean, like, it's one of those things that's so easy because it just comes around so randomly, it seems, that it's so easy to forget. You know, so that on a Monday night, a lot of times, I'll be sitting there and having not spoken to any of my Sunday school teachers or gotten anything from the kids. You know, I'm like, oh, no, I got to get this sandal for in the morning. Well, there was one Tuesday where I totally had forgotten that we were supposed to provide anything. And I get a call about 9 o'clock. Hey, where's the food? And I'm like, oh, man, I completely forgot. So I run to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, I pick up everything that needs to be picked up. They, the, the deli goes ahead and starts frying me some chicken up so we can have some fried chicken for, you know, these people. And, um, and I come walking in about 945 with all this food, and I'm just, you know, it, it deflated, defeated, just like I've let everybody down. You know, I've messed up. Old Steve screwed up again, you know, that kind of thing. And the lady who was heading up at the time, just comes walking up to me with almost like her hands raised to praise the Lord. And she just says, Steve, you are blessed of the Lord. And I mean, like, I'm like, okay, thanks. I got to go. You know, because it just, what a reaction Yeah, that it wasn't, hey, we waited 45 minutes. For it's like, we had other things we did while we, you know, rather yeah. than wait until after we did this, you know, with the food, we did this before. Right. So it's not like our schedules have been thrown off by this. And it was, you, you took this serious enough to rush and go get some, you know, get this right. stuff done. And she, Steve, you were blessed of the Lord. And it's like, it was a, it was a, it was a compassionate response to an imperfect moment right. that God used. Right. And, and it is in our imperfections that God's grace is manifested. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't even have time to go into that. I mean, we've been talking for like two hours yeah, or whatever, yeah. but um, I don't think we give enough credence to the reality that I don't think we've read the New Testament. I don't think we've seen the kinds of people and the kinds of connections Jesus made with what the writers of the New Testament would say, sinners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and and I don't think we've really understood that. I think we understand that in the salvation message. Mm-hmm. Man, we are all about getting somebody saved, but then get them saved, and it's like and then teach them the law. Yeah, get them saved, and then let's go back to Exodus and Leviticus. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's really a painful reminder to me of the real need that we have to let one another breathe a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's on both sides of that coin, the tradition, the more traditional, and I, I would put myself in that camp, by yeah. the way, and to the more whatever. Um, none of us are doing church. Just to, FYI, <laughs> there isn't a single person on this planet doing church anything like the people in the book of Acts. Right. You, none of us would be allowed to go. If you read the first 20 chapters of Acts where the message is going mainly to Jewish congregations who are still meeting in the synagogues, right. 
and who are still trying to figure out what's grace and what's law, you and I couldn't even walk in those buildings. Right. You know, do you understand send, what I mean? Send those outer courts. Hey, <laughs> what are you guys I mean? talking about in there? A, in other words. Hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what are you guys? Are you guys talking about Jesus? Hey, can you come back out here and talk about it with us? What's this language you're singing in? <laughs> what's this? I don't understand. <laughs> When's Sandy, Sandy Patty songs coming up? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Larnell Harris. Arise, <laughs> my love. Uh-oh. <laughs> You know, it's like when we're having the altar call. You know, I mean, in other words, what we think of as like absolutely fixed in the dirt, in the stone church, would be unrecognizable to anybody who lived a hundred years ago almost, much less 2,000 years ago. What we need to understand is that God is not trapped. The internet didn't surprise Jesus. The automobile hadn't caught God off guard. He's not confused by text messages or Twitter. He knew in his sovereignty all these things would be out there. And so what God has called us to do is to just simply be in love with his son. And to express that in our lives. And when our actions need to be modified or changed, his Holy Spirit will reveal that to us. And then he'll draw us into reading the scriptures and prayer and going to a local body and sharing what God has done with us with others. Yeah. It should be that simple. Yeah. And then whatever programs and stuff come out of that heartbeat, like you're talking about feeding people, and we do work at the nursing home, and we have work with children and stuff like that, those should be the natural and supernatural outflow of a group of people who just say, how can we pull our resources to bless the world? Yeah. And all of that should be... It should be fun. I hate right. to put it that way, right. but it should be awesome. It should be yeah. like, you know, these are, I, I put, I'll close with, I'll fit clothes. I'll finish with this. Like I'm preaching a sermon, but um, <laughs> our church should be like the people that we know and understand the best. Yeah. Not yeah. a group of strangers that we only meet with in this very peculiar thing. And then we go back to our, not that we can't have friends who are outside of our local church. Do you understand what I mean? But there should be some really, you know, important connections. And and that connectivity should override our own individual, maybe peculiar or particular, uh, maybe views on a few kind of legalistic or, or... Personal choice matters. Yeah. Let's not even go into legalism, but this is how I like things. Right. Well, our love for our brothers and sisters should override that sometimes, if not all the time. What you got? See, like you got something to read to us, Steve. Well, I mean, you know, if we want to say anything today, it, you said it earlier, just breathe easy. You know, just, just enjoy who God is. Enjoy the fact that God absolutely, absolutely loves you. That God, that God does not look on you as his child with disappointment. He, he's not ashamed of you. He, is not, he, he does not expect you to tuck your shirt in. He does not expect <laughs> you, you know, he does not expect you to do, to, to meet up to human standards that we've set to, yeah. to be accepted by, by other people. Breathe easy. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy your walk with God.
Yeah. You know, we don't, don't buy into the spiritual schizophrenia of we suffer so much for the cross and for Jesus. We're just suffering, suffering. <laughs> you know, don't, don't feel like just breathe easy. And, and remember, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, one of those popular passages of Scripture, man, but from Romans 8. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who is against us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Yeah. You know, and, and so I just, I, I, I say, breathe easy, friend. Yeah. Breathe, breathe easy, brother. Breathe yeah. easy, sister. It's, it's, it's to be enjoyed. It's to be experienced. It's to be, it's to be, uh, marveled at yeah it's matchless yeah and nothing there is nothing that another person can ever give you or approve of you for that is higher and greater than the approval and the acceptance and the gift you already have in christ yeah yeah don't be you're not a poor person asking for riches. You're a rich person who has a lot to give. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know? All right, Steve, we got to close down. Matchlesscast.com. <laughs> Twitter.com slash matchlesscast. And Facebook.com forward slash is a backslash. It's all slash. It's just it's a forward a, slash. Backslash is old um, DOS stuff, man. Did you ever write a basic program? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Back in the day on... on we had a Tandy. On DOS, a Tandy. <laughs> we had a Tandy from Radio Shack, and we deleted all the operating <coughs> software like within like an hour of opening it on Christmas. What morning. in the world? I don't know. We did something wrong. And then from... For, for like, it never really did anything, mm-hmm. but it had the very first um, user interface. It was called DeskMate. Oh, wow. You know, instead of just opening with like a C prompt, you, yeah. you went to DeskMate, and it was like Windows. It was, it was there, whatever. It wasn't yeah. Windows, but it sat on top of right. that, and you could like, you know, file and open Word. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. I was, I rocked the DOS back in the day, man, the DOS operating system out <laughs> with the... With the C colon backslash, oh, yeah. and you had to, you know, and you could look at your directory and remember when you could run. do basic programs like you would do like ten and then type out something for it to do like print yeah, and quotes yeah, and all yeah. that. And you could get it to do it over and right. over again. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh how far we have come! I know. So <laughs> now I'm just like I don't know. Still printing on a computer every time I do it. I've never printed a document off of a computer where I wasn't like apprehensive that the whole thing was going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like every time, because you're like, when am I going to run out of ink? Is the signal going right. to get lost? I don't care how modern things get. Right. That printing thing is it's still, still oh, did I man. format it correctly? Anyway, what are we talking about? I don't know. Guys, we love you and uh, we hope you're blessed of the Lord and we know you are if you've accepted him as your savior and um, we hope you'll uh, just share the podcast with your friends. And if you have questions or comments or whatever, um, Facebook and Twitter are probably the best yeah, ways to reach. Yeah, please get in touch with us. Yeah, and uh, we hope you have a blessed uh, time until we see you again. Talk to you later. Bye. We'll, we'll get better. <laughs> oh, we won't. <laughs> so let the beat drop.
the beat drop Let the beat drop